Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson, uh, episode 28, I believe. Yes, 28. Um, and uh, so a special thanks to uh, Jason Eakin for uh, being on the last episode. It was uh, a lot of fun and uh, got some, some interesting feedback uh, in regards to that. Um, so uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in uh, about... Uh, a serious man and signs and job and all all manner of things and so it was uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting thoughts and and some that were very uh, very illuminating uh, for me so thanks everybody for that uh we have a we have a guest today uh it's very exciting i'm sure you've seen him in any number of uh, commercials or something just one just the one i guess <laughs> even closer buddy got to keep it really really tight oh the here mic. i am get in there here right i am there. all right Rest it on your chin if you have to. Uh, okay. Well, don't do that. Actually, that's no, that's fine. ridiculous. I'm all right. All right. So, uh, so we have with us uh, yet another actor. I don't know why that sounded. I didn't mean to sound disparaging, <laughs> um, but we have a, a, an actor uh, and filmmaker with us today. Uh, he's a friend of mine, uh, Robert Chang. I will not be calling him Robert. Uh, that's he correct. He has a nickname that is ridiculous, <laughs> but uh, accurate. Is it? It is. How could it possibly be accurate? Well, if it was given to me, if I didn't choose it myself, well, that's, you know, people get christened. Yeah, I guess so. You know. So anyway, uh, so uh, Robert Chang, his nickname is Bobo, and that is what I will be calling him, much to my chagrin. And that is what you all will be calling me. Exactly. So we've got, so, uh, we've got Robert Bobo Chang here Just Bobo. today. We got Bobo here. Yeah. You're like Cher. <laughs> or Madonna, or Madonna, or um, McG, or McG, yes. Which that's he's made he's uh kind of set the tone for me. I believe I believe it. Yeah. I once parked in his space once. That's fine. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you didn't see the I, big sign that just said three letters that said Mick no. That I, that I saw. I saw it oh. very clearly. But I thought, you know what? I'm just delivering a package uh, <laughs> on Warner Brothers here. I'm just going to be in and out. It's no problem. Wow. And I and I was and it was no problem. What a uh, privileged man you are. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, except I didn't like that job. Uh, so let's get to know you, Bobo. Okay. You currently live in Los Angeles. Correct. You are an actor. Correct. And a filmmaker. Yes. All right. In now, a past what are life. some? What was that? In a past life. In a past life. What does that yes. mean? Well, as a Asian, I believe in multiple lives. Okay. And that's not true. I'm just joking. Oh, of course, okay, this yes. is a Christian podcast, and I'm a Christian. Yeah. Although I tend to keep some of my Buddhist uh, inheritance. <laughs> inheritance? Inheritance? <laughs> oh, man. This thing is going, breaking it's going bad down already. fast. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, you're a filmmaker. Where did you go to, uh, where'd you go to college? I attended Biola University, the Biola. film school there. Yeah. Biola. It's a little Christian school down in La Mirada, California. La Mirada. That's okay. correct. And uh, they had a film school there that mm. I eventually got into. Didn't get into right away. Okay. But... Uh, at what point did you recognize that this is kind of what you wanted uh, What you wanted to get into? Uh, it started pretty early back in childhood. Um, you've kind of heard mm-hmm. my story, my testimony, and um, part of it was that I spent a lot of time playing with those wonderful little figures we, we've come to know as mm-hmm. G.I. Joes. Oh, absolutely. And and I, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't under, I can't overemphasize yeah. how much time I actually spent with these G.I. Joes. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite one, a favorite character? Well, I loved I loved all the Cobras. Okay. Like, I was a huge... I, I always tended toward the villains for some reason, and, oh, well, they're which is more, ironic because... They look more interesting. They're much more cooler. Yeah. They have masks. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's why everybody likes. That's why everybody liked Snake Eyes because he seemed yeah. like a villain. Yeah, but he was a hero. He was actually a hero, a real American hero. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. um, I really loved uh, Cobra Commander. Yeah, in his um, in his later phase, not not the one with just the just the, the hood, mask. not the hooded one. You just like the silver. Yeah, that okay. was the cool one. All right, I never got him actually. It's a travesty. Oh my gosh, that's which is probably why I still have recurring dreams about it, but. Do you really? Yeah, I think I've mentioned that to you in the past. Hmm. I think you might have. I might and, have. Uh, you know what? That's on me for not remembering such a fascinating <laughs> detail about Do my your friends. homework, man. Yeah. Oh, man. About your guests. <laughs> it's all over the internet. <laughs> I should have looked it up before It's on you my got fan here. page. <laughs> like exactly. it. Um, but uh, so basically, uh, much honestly, qu- much like myself, you spent a lot of time playing with action figures. It kind of <clears throat> sparked creativity because, yes. honestly, I-, I really feel like action figures, you're basically assigning a personality to oh, each yeah. one and giving them dialogue dialogue story yeah motivation everything you need in in a story really yeah. you're giving it all to them so and i remember being uh, furious at like commercials for action figures <laughs> where like basically the ver- the the version of like a fight between oh. you know a gi joe and a and a cobra whatever my goodness uh they basically their version of a fight was just to ram these two figures yeah. into each other. There was like, no story in that. There's no story. There's no choreography. Oh, like, I always had like an awesome kick. You know. <laughs> oh, I had just, a couple kicks, and then oh, man. maybe even a wrestling move somewhere oh, in there. Absolutely. And if you get some, and if you like, if you were like myself, and you enjoyed uh, gore at way too young an age, <laughs> you get yourself some silly putty. You roll it out. You got yourself some intestines. Oh wow! Uh, like uh, you know, I I played like. Like with alien action figures, oh, okay. and they would just tear into people. That's in. taking a little too far. What? I yeah, did. more than likely. I, yeah, I didn't mix f- my toys. I'm, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Except for when there was a big crossover <laughs> storyline. <laughs> a big cross. Absolutely, absolutely. The Legos meet the GI Joes. And oh my gosh, that in itself, that I would never. Those are entire different genres <laughs> of uh, of toys. It was uh, a big event. Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> oh man, it was. Uh, you were advertising it to your friends <laughs> for for weeks. I started a pa- podcast about it even. Oh man, I don't doubt that. Wait, to myself. Oh, of course, yeah. yes. So you you're kind of the vanguard of the of the uh, technology. <laughs> Better believe um, it. So, so you got involved in that, and it just kind of sparked the creativity, and you decided uh, you wanted to get involved. Was it like theater, or did you figure out film? This is this is absolutely what I want to do. Well, doing that, you know, I it did exercise a lot of my creativity, and then um, that just kind of spurred on the idea that I like to kind of have this control mm-hmm. creatively over things, and yeah. um, and just my personality. I'm I'm the baby of my family, so there was mm-hmm. a lot of attention on me, and I. I uh, I enjoyed it, and so that kind of brought out this idea that I like to entertain. Mm-hmm. And so early on, I knew I wanted to entertain, be in that entertainment business, but I didn't really know what that looked like. Yeah. Um, and eventually, I figured out what a director does, and that was a lot like my GI Joe yeah. playing. And so I figured that um, that would be where I wanted to be. So mm-hmm. um, come high school, we didn't have any film classes. Mm. Back in good old Clackamas, Oregon. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it sounds a lot more uh, country than it really is. It's pretty suburban, actually. Okay. But um, that's the name of the town I grew up in. Clackamas? That's correct. Wow. We were the Cavaliers. The Clackamas Cavaliers. Has a ring to it, doesn't it? In a sense, I guess. Well, it alliter- alliterates. Yeah, well, there's that, I guess. So yes. that's, that's what it's got going for. But um, 
So in high school, I took a intro to drama class, mm. and that's really what started it all with the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did it so you know to get myself in somewhere around right. the business or something like that. So um, in that class, my teacher really encouraged me. I ended up being in the play, and then just got hooked into theater from there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I, I still knew I wanted to get into film, so I applied to the Biola Film School. Right, and uh, and then I went over there and did my thing. All right, and you, uh, you, you, would you say while in college, would you say that you were specifically an actor, or you, you were mostly a filmmaker? And if you're, you know, I imagine most filmmakers have experienced this while in college. It's like, all right, I don't. That's one less person I have to cast if I'm in it. Yeah. And uh and I know my limitations and so I know and I know what I want. So I'll just put me in there <laughs> and then I'll cast around me. Yeah. Uh was that kind of what you found yourself doing? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was more of a convenience thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't have to go through the whole casting process. But I also mm-hmm. did enjoy acting while I was in college. Okay. I was in a couple plays and um but I really wanted to get into film mm-hmm. acting. Uh, which believe it or not, it's a lot different from theater acting. Yeah. Did you know that? I, you know what? I didn't, and then I figured it out when <laughs> yeah. I went to film school. That, that and I happens. had to be in my first, uh, my first silent film. Right. And I am freaking playing to the. You know, there's a big. In theater, you got to play to the back row. Uh huh. In film, you come to realize the back row is as close as six inches away from your face. Exactly. And you're, you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it the is performance ridiculous. that I like the first performance I gave in film school. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not showing this to anybody. This is oh, terrible. Man. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Good thing they're silent, huh? Exactly. Oh man, don't even get me started <laughs> Those on first that. ones. Yeah, yeah. Easy would have blown out it. the blown out the mics. But, uh, <laughs> so you made uh, so while in school, you made uh, uh, a film that I a film series yes. that I have seen yes. and thoroughly enjoy. Oh great! Ca- <laughs> I, I feel like I've told you that before. That's not a surprise. Uh, called Teen Raptor. That's correct. Now, what is that about? Well, Teen Raptor is a little story. Um, Kind of off the indie circuits of, um, you know, I, I teen raptor as in teenage velociraptor, right? Would yeah. be, I guess, the full title. But right. Um, but who's got time for that? In, no one wants to say all of that in today's workaday world. Teen raptor, that's... They, they'll fall asleep halfway through. That. Exactly, it's the name so. of the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's we kind of got our inspiration from Teen Wolf. Yeah. Um, and it even has that whole 80s vibe yeah. to it. Um, and, yeah, it's a story of two best friends, Scott and Darius, mm-hmm. um, who are kind of losers, outcasts in their high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, one of them goes through their pubescent changes, which yeah. results in him transforming into a raptor. Yeah. Um, naturally. Uh, of course. So. Yes. <laughs> with his transformation as a raptor, people gravitate towards him, saying, yeah. "Oh, he's this cool raptor guy. Let's <laughs> let's see how cool he is." So all of a sudden, he's popular, Darius, yeah. formerly Darius. And yeah. uh, meanwhile, Scott feels kind of dejected from yeah. that, like he uh, left him. And so it's a story of them kind of coming apart, right? And you know, coming back together. So it friends. sounds like it's a you know a, a very heavy drama. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just. Just One of those obvious. melodramas, you yeah. know, in the vein of uh, that. What's that David Lynch movie? Um, the uh, with Naomi Watts. Oh, Mulholland Drive. Yeah, that's okay. kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Teen Raptor in the in the vein of Mulholland Drive. That's great. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I will say that uh, the reason that I enjoy it 
First off, just anybody who grew up in the 80s, I'm sure you've seen Teen Wolf or Teen Wolf 2. Two. T-O-O. That yeah. is. Um, <laughs> there's, it's another Teen Wolf is basically what we're saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you've seen Teen Wolf, uh, and I think I might have, I don't think I mentioned this in my Wolfman episode, but I, I, I'm a big fan of, of werewolf movies and television shows and such. And I remember just being, even as a kid, just fascinated by the concept of Teen Wolf. That's like, so rather, so when he becomes a wolf uh, or a wolf man, rather than kill everyone in sight, like <laughs> werewolves have always done in movies and on film and, and uh, on television and mm-hmm. in books, rather than do that, uh, he uh, is really good at basketball. <laughs> Yeah. And then I believe in Teen Wolf 2 wrestling. Was it wrestling? He No, he was... Uh, well, he didn't become particularly good at any sport. Oh, okay. But He just became like, just a, became like really a renaissance cool. man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's good at everything. We did have this scene that we wrote where he was playing basketball. Yeah. And, of course, he popped the ball with his claws. Oh, and, of course. And everyone thought it was awesome. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that was the end of his basketball career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what? And so those those movies are absolutely uh, ridiculous. I, I do love that. Uh, I mean, every decade has its ridiculous movies, but the level of ridiculousness of movies in the eighties mm-hmm. uh, is, I, I would venture to say, substantially. And maybe it's because I'm just more aware of it because I grew up during that time. But maybe it's I, I, it seems significantly more substantial than any other decade. No, I would have ha- to agree, yeah. I mean, any any decade that had Teen Wolf and then within a few years uh, of each other had that and the Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a terrible, <laughs> that's a horrifying decade. That, yeah. But, uh, it's more like a dream. A wonderful decade. and horrible dream. <laughs> yeah, a David Bowie dream. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, and, and that's what I like about Teen Raptor is that you do really get the tone Right. I mean, right down to, you know, uh, what I'm sorry, Scott is your character's Scott, name. Right. Scott is the the dejected friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, whenever Teen Raptor uh, becomes the teen, whenever Darius becomes the Teen Raptor and everybody is crowded around him, you're you're treated to, a, you know, that silly shot of Scott walking away, backpack <laughs> slung over his shoulder uh-huh. and just kind of and looking over his shoulder <laughs> all sad. Like, oh, I've lost my friend. Well, that's the way life goes, I guess. And just, uh, and so it's very funny. I highly recommend everybody. Uh, Thank you. Everybody go and, and give it a look. You can find it on YouTube.com slash Teen Raptor. Teen Raptor. And mm-hmm. I will put the first episode on the website. I'm going to be adding a video page. Uh, and so I'll have uh, the first uh, episode of Teen Raptor on there as well as some, some videos uh, by, uh, by other guests. People out there, make sure you watch that second episode. Okay. I mean... It actually, you know, we shot it as one whole thing, and I just split it up for, oh, okay. for brevity's sake. All right. Um, but that second episode yeah. is has, like, about half the views as the others. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because how would you watch? Maybe I'll put up the first and the... second for you, though. Okay, buddy. maybe that'll, that'll Absolutely. Help. Watch that second one. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff that happens. I in mean, there. you... you, you second act. You viewed this thing as Lord of the Rings. It's all one story. <laughs> it is. You know, it's but we got to split it's it up. We wrote it. You know, exactly. That's how we conceptualize it. Okay. Sounds like you got a bit of a chip on your shoulder with the internet. Come on, people. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a second part. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back. No one skipped over that and was like, oh, this one doesn't look as fun with the little ice monster guy. Let's skip it. Wampa, I believe. Wampa. Um, I know. I just wanted to sound stupid. Oh, okay. Mission accomplished. I usually do. Um, so, uh, 
Okay, so I, I want I definitely wanted to touch on Teen Raptor. Were there were there any other uh, films that you made uh, in college that you really that people can see uh, online or elsewhere? There were. Um, I mean, there's quite a few. I won't direct you to all of them. Okay, but, just some of your favorites, some of the highlights. Uh, probably. I mean, Teen Raptor had the most success, mm-hmm. um, so to so to speak, <laughs> um, within our school anyway. And right. but uh, George Strong Bailey was the one that I. That I really hold dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, legend, the legend of George Strong Bailey. Okay, it's a full title, and um, that was my first film okay. as a film student. Um, we, due to budget constraints, um, mm-hmm. naturally as a film student, uh, we ended up shooting everything green screened, hmm. and um, it's a period piece from uh, somewhere around the 1930s, 40s. Oh, okay, somewhere around there, and um, you know, so it's it's all black and white. Everybody goes around talking like this, you see? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it just has that whole old school charm to it. And it's yeah. um, a story of a, of a uh, man who is uh, abnormally strong mm-hmm. who rises up to save the town um, mm-hmm. one day. Now, so. who plays this character? Uh, this is played by my good friend Alex Carpenter, okay. um, who also plays Darius in Oh, King all Raptor. right, yeah. So... Yeah, that that's that's a beloved one of mine. Um, it's on my YouTube. I'll have to link it to you okay. later. Right. Link, but. Yeah, I've not uh, I've not seen it. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of old timey type stuff. Oh, old timey humor. I think you would like it then. Um, now, uh, now let's let's take you out of college. What you graduated? Uh, when was that? That was 2008. 2008 is a uh, oh man, two years ago. Only two years ago. Only. Well, feels like a lot more than only to me. I suppose. Forget how old, how much older I am than you. Yeah, it's very off-putting. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so you graduate college, mm-hmm. you come to Tinseltown. That's what I did. Absolutely, and you put yourself out there as an actor. I did, right? yeah. and uh, and it's interesting uh, the stories that I hear uh, from you specifically because you you know you're you're a guy who uh, will frequently get uh, extra work. Yes, and. Um, but lately, you've also been getting lines on on series, and you were just uh, uh, ostensibly the lead in a commercial, a Carfax commercial. That's correct. So everybody, keep an eye out for the Carfax commercial, where <laughs> a, a small Asian guy demands to see the Carfax. I don't look that small, huh? On it. Not in that commercial. Yeah. Yes, that's I mean, just my not, own personal. Sitting, so yeah, that's just my knowledge <laughs> that he is small. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, you'll figure. I'm Asian, you know. Okay. You'll, connect the dots well i didn't want to be like some kind of racist and just <laughs> assume and just say like well he's small because he's asian because you know I've, I've known some tall asians like that guy that uh, basketball player guy i didn't know <laughs> yeah, him I mean, personally right yeah. <laughs> okay no uh, yeah um this uh, we don't need to get into this at all but exactly i mean i'm i'm pretty short for especially even for an asian mm-hmm. there are most asians are pretty average height anyway oh, okay. that's that's not that important yeah that's that that, that is i'm just short you're just a short guy. That's and there's that's no story. shame in that. There is a little bit. Little, well, yeah, a little bit of shame. Just based on person. the stature, exactly. <laughs> there's exactly. a little bit of shame. Um, so, jeez, uh, that was ridiculous. I might delete that. Maybe Please. not. I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, but yeah, so you've been in you know series and and commercials. Things are really mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, on the rise. Yes, praise the Lord. So much so, today you, I believe, joined. I had what to you... I had to put that off oh, to no. tomorrow because I woke up late today. Oh, okay. I really didn't want to, but I did. Okay. And so I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm what going are you to doing? join SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. All right. And that's very exciting as an actor. It's, it's oh, a huge step so. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I know uh, about you is that uh, 
you know, you, you kind of find yourself in a position to be amongst strangers. I'm talking at the moment about extra work or mm-hmm. background or whatever uh, the official term is. What, how do you like to put I, it? I call it background. Background, yeah. yes. Um, so when you're doing background, you're in a position to talk to a lot of strangers. Yes, um, that's for sure. I, I was background twice uh, <laughs> yeah. in my life. Once when I lived in Chicago and I was a prisoner in the movie Let's Go to Prison. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> You'd fit right in, I'm sure. My headshot looked very angry. Very prison-like. Uh, honestly, More of a mugshot. It huh? wasn't even, it didn't, they didn't just say, you're a prisoner. They said, you are a White Kingdom member. <laughs> so that's how angry I looked. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I of can course, see that, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly, as could some listeners of this podcast. Anyway, um, uh, so there was that, and then I was an extra on ER for a couple hours while I was here. Um, I did that. Yeah, everyone did that but uh so that was uh and in those experiences like i just threw on my headphones and like read a book i did not feel like talking to other people uh not because i consider myself above them but it's just like i i I don't want to just talk to strangers as many are want to do yeah yeah um but not you i yeah i can't really help it actually what what do you mean i will bring books ipods Mm -hmm. etc to set Mm -hmm. um you know, in case there there and now there is downtime, well, where you can't really talk to anyone because it's mm-hmm. be quiet on set and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I just find myself um, gravitating towards people and yeah. and talking to them and striking up a conversation. A lot of times, I'll joke around with them, and mm-hmm. that'll get you know into a conversation or a friendship or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and part of it is you have to. When you're doing some background scenes, right? You have to well, you pantomime, but yeah. you know, I like to have some fun with it. I like to joke around. Yeah. A lot of times, people don't know that I'm joking, so mm-hmm. they get some kind of impression of me. So that requires me to go up to them, and be like, "Hey, you know, I wasn't really serious about you being pregnant or anything." And <laughs> well, of course not. Nice. Sometimes they know. And indeed, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, but the basically the direction that I'm heading uh, right now before we get into the topic yes. and I think we probably will take a break in between. Okay, um, is that uh, it seemed like you know I, I see you uh, weekly. You and I are in the same uh, Bible study group, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like almost every week you know you have another another story from from set in mm-hmm. which you talk about. You mentioned that you had like a a, a spiritual or a philosophical discussion with some with another uh, extra. And uh, here's the thing. As somebody who seems, admittedly, I am putting a podcast out there, but I'm still couching it in film. So I feel like (laughs) it's not completely, eh, it's not completely Christian in all sense of the word, in every sense of the word, um, or purely. Well, what Um, is, right? What was that? What is? What? Oh. Anyway. um, Theme. Theme alert. uh, We'll we'll get there. Maybe not this time. But... uh, you know, I, I'm somebody who is just, I'm very averse to talking to strangers, specifically about, you know, my my beliefs, simply because, like, I, I you never know, someone could really reject uh, me, and I sure. don't deal with rejection well. Mm. Um, and so, uh, so I'm fascinated to know, and most, I feel like most Christians are probably like that. Yes. Um, 
But people like you, you have a great deal in common with a friend of mine, my former roommate, whose name was Cole. He had no problem just putting himself out there, talking to strangers on the street, um, and not necessarily going to them with the with the intent of bringing this up, mm-hmm. but just the conversation with uh, just a friendly conversation about whatever just naturally flowed into this, and he just didn't shy away from it. And it uh, and I I have a great deal of respect and curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get into these conversations and how do people react? I mean, there's, as I mentioned before with, with guest episodes, there is kind of a certain stereotype that Hollywood and people in it are sort of hostile to, towards those views. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now I'll throw it to you real quick. So, you know, if you have a couple of stories you want to tell or whatever, or just kind of a general discussion about how these conversations start, how people respond to it, that sort of thing. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I must... Uh, preface this with the fact that uh in around freshman year of high school up until i was i should say um i was a pretty shy guy um Mm -hmm. which contrasts highly with me now Mm -hmm. um i wasn't outgoing at all Mm -hmm. and i didn't really talk to strangers one time i cried uh as a child because i wanted to buy some trading cards but they were in the glass case so that would require me to ask yeah. the, the guy to open it up and i didn't want to do that so instead i cried and <laughs> my brother came to the rescue anyway wow. i was a shy guy and um i mean again not that uh not that it's more of a christianly thing to be outgoing but part of my sanctification becoming more like christ um is seeing the times when he would reach out to strangers mm. and and be outgoing. And this happened probably in high school, um, where I really started to come out of my shell in that way. And so it is a struggle at times to um, to talk to people about things. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not every time that I'm just putting it all out there. Right. Um, but really the thing is, and, you know, I, I've, I kind of uh, told myself this at a certain point, that... Um, you you talk about the things you love. Mm-hmm. You talk about the things that hold weight to you and that are important to you. So naturally, I would want to talk about Christ. I would want to talk about um, going to church and how much I love that. And and oftentimes that is how it comes up is I'll be talking about church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I try not to hold back on those things. Yeah. Um, especially because I know and I trust that God is going to be doing something through this either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been times where I've brought things up and people have just flatly rejected it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been blessed not to have anyone get too hostile. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, it is a choice I do make of saying, okay, I'm go. I'm just going to go ahead and say this because this yeah. is how I feel about it. And uh, the surprising thing about being in Hollywood on set is that people are actually a lot more receptive to it than you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that uh, is because of the whole postmodern thought that everyone has their own way right. and whatnot. So, you know, they're cool with it. Yeah. Um, so that, that we can actually use that to our benefit mm-hmm. when we bring these things up because they'll be like, Oh yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's your thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, well, you know, do you want to know more about it? And, Sometimes we're like, no, that's all right. And sometimes they'll say, yeah. yeah, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's helpful. People are actually a lot more open to it than mm-hmm. you'd imagine. And so um, I do get into these discussions a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. They they 
are rarely ever drift towards the debate side okay. of things, which I'm thankful for. Oh yeah, because I'm not a very good debater. Um, so uh, it, it's mostly been you know sharing with people my personal experiences, mm-hmm. um, you know why I believe what I do, um, and you know why I go to church, and so on. So mm. okay, um, and that's. You know, and and I kind of wanted I I wanted to get uh, get your take on that a little bit because I one thing that I've that I I remember I talked to Nathan Potter about I talked to Ben I talked to to Sean Richardson one thing that I'm trying to develop uh, though I haven't really talked about it in, in a few episodes is that uh, there is an image of Hollywood as being very hostile towards oh, sure. Christianity and at times it really can be. oh yeah there's no question about that definitely but uh, it often surprises me how many people and, and you know Doug Jones when he was on he told a lot of stories about yeah. this that it's actually quite surprising uh, that for all for all the Christians that are kind of I don't mean to say this in, in, a, in an incredibly negative way but for all the Christians that are kind of scared to come out here uh, you'll find people who are willing to listen willing to engage and you know in some cases willing to really just let you put everything out there mm-hmm. and they may not always agree in fact they often won't yeah but they it's not going to happen very often that they're just like like ah you're a fascist or something <laughs> you know and just like oh geez uh, i don't like that you know not i mean i would say a solid nine times out of ten you'll get people who if they don't want to listen They'll just be like, ah, I'm, I'm good. Or they'll try right. to change the subject and they'll try to do it politely. Sure. You know? And so, um, you know, and you're somebody who has dealt with this more than anybody I anybody else I know, really. Um, and so uh, I just kind of wanted to get your your impression of that, that it just it flowed naturally from the conversation. Mm-hmm. You didn't shy away from it. And you were often rewarded, at the very least, with people listening. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, for anybody who is kind of who might be, you know, trepidatious about coming to Hollywood for reasons like that, mm-hmm. uh, don't be. You know, uh, if that's the if that's your only reason for not coming out here, oh yeah, uh, then just put that put that aside. Trust God as you, you know, as you're coming out, and uh, trust that He'll put you in these situations uh, if <laughs> when He wants when He wants to. Exactly. So um, yeah. So we're going to uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about uh, Mike Lee's 2008 film, Happy Go Lucky. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Okay, and we're back with Bobo Chang, or just Bobo, just Bobo. You really do One just prefer them. Bobo, like you don't even. Nah, I'm just just doing it for you know show right now. Oh, fair enough for all our listeners out there. Indeed, if you look me up on Facebook, my fan page is just Bobo. So yeah, it's, I know it's ridiculous. It I have is a fan ridiculous. Page. It's, I'm yeah. sorry, but I do. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan hey, of Bobo. There you are. So um, 
All right, so today we're going to be talking about um, the 2008 film uh, written and directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Mike Lee. Uh, it's called Happy Go Lucky, uh, and it stars Sally Hawkins and Eddie Marsan. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Marson. Marson. I know, that's an option. Say Marsan, exactly. Eh, Marson. Eddie Marson. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Me too. Um, but, the, uh, but before we get into that, uh, I did want to address something, and uh, Bobo, you can just uh, stand by if you want. Um, you can put keep the mic to your mouth in case you want to chime in. Oh, sure. So, um, uh, so okay. Uh, at this point, it's probably pretty obvious to most listeners that have heard all the episodes that uh, that the the movies that I pick and the topics that I pick are are things that that I've probably dealt with at some point. Um, and uh, you know, you, like you know, Hellboy and Thank You for Smoking and a serious man and the and uh, the informant like all these movies had to do with things that I was going through at the time or have gone through in the past um and uh and today's today is is no exception and um and uh, in the uh in the interest of uh, full disclosure I'll, I'll go ahead and say that uh, today we're talking about the idea of uh, the 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 basic theme is going to be finding joy uh where it would seem there is none, which is, I would say, life. Mm. Uh, life can be very crappy sometimes, often. Um, True. And basically the idea uh, that because we have God's love and because we have forgiveness through Christ, uh, that we should, not, we should try not to get too down uh, and, and that sort of thing. So that, that, that's going to be the theme. I usually save it until we've been talking about it for a while, but... Uh, I didn't want anybody to uh, let the word hypocrite wander into their mind uh, as I was talking, and uh, I Too didn't. Late. Want, what was that? Too late. Thanks, Bobo. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't. I, now you just wandered me. in there. I, I don't know why. That's fine. It's fine. I maybe thinking it about. Maybe you. let's swing that mic away from. Uh, okay. Here we. Go. There we go. Um, but uh, you know, I didn't want anybody to just think that I was just charging on ahead completely. Uh, unaware of my own tendencies uh, and you know uh, as a, again to be completely honest lately uh, probably in the last couple of months uh, I find I've found myself in in a very uh, uh, something of a something of a depression um, and uh, it's not incredibly deep or anything it's not like I can't get out of bed I can work I can joke around with friends and stuff but uh, but uh, lately I've just fi- I just find myself very angry uh, a lot, mm. and uh, I'm, I used to be somebody who is fairly slow to anger, uh, and lately uh, I haven't been. I, I find myself going from zero to sixty in no seconds, and um, and uh, and so it's it's very frustrating. And so I've been, uh, you know, I've started going to a counselor and all that. And so uh, when when we talk about some of the things that we're going to be discussing with uh, this film and and the the companion film, uh, I don't want you to think that. As I've said in other episodes, I don't want you to think that this is something that I have mastered and that I am lecturing you to be like me. Um, Because this is, you know, these are things that I am dealing with and I feel like probably a lot of Christians are dealing with. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you are not, if you are not a Christian, you know, I I don't want you to look at, at, uh, at a Christian and see their flaws and immediately assume that, oh, they're, you know, they're not living, they're not walking the walk, mm-hmm. you know, they're not doing that. Uh, they're probably, chances are they are probably trying to, 
and failing as we all do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to address that early on in this episode because I didn't want people to think that I had all this figured out or I have mastered uh, what we're going to be talking about because I absolutely have not. Um, and Meanwhile, I'm, I have. Yeah, Bobo's got it That's all worked out. That's why I had him on. <laughs> so he's, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> um but actually, why the the reason that I had uh, Bobo on for this this episode specifically is because uh, he again doesn't have it all worked out. But when I th- when I decided that I wanted to talk about Happy Go Lucky, um, I f- the, the the main character reminded me of Bobo <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think of Bobo as kind of an upbeat guy who again can still get down, can still is still aware of the crappiness of of life. Um, but strives to find joy, uh, f- to to find what's good in life, but also to take joy in his salvation and his relationship with God. And so that's why I wanted Bobo uh, on board, so he can show us how it's done. That part's not true. Thanks for having me. But uh, <laughs> So here's the deal. So here's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I, again, I apologize if I've made anybody uncomfortable by, by opening up. Bobo is just squirming in his seat. He's just, oh my gosh, he can't believe that, I, that I've opened up like this. Um, it's the cat fur. Oh, that, oh, fair enough. Are you allergic to cats? No, I'm fine. I'm oh, okay. It's just a little so, prickly. Oh, I, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, my adorable cat, Charlie, uh, sheds quite a bit. So, um, so yeah, uh, listeners of Battleship Pretension know that uh, back uh, in 2008, uh, one of my favor- ten favorite movies of that, of that year was Happy Go Lucky. Um, I'm a huge fan of Mike Lee. He's a, a British filmmaker who has... The, the films that he puts out are fascinating. Um, he, put, he put out Naked. He put out one called Life is Sweet. He put out uh, Secrets and Lies, Topsy Turvy, Vera Drake. Uh, he, just, he just put out one this year that, oh, man, I really wish I had looked it up. It's with Jim Broadbent, and it just played at uh, Cannes, and it is considered one of the, like, one of the best movies mm. uh, in a long time. I think it's going to be distributed uh, next year. But uh, it sounds amazing. He's just he's a director that I like because for him it's about character. Mm-hmm. He really focuses on characters. Oh, His yeah. movies are not plot driven. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think one of the one of the beautiful things about his commitment to character is his commitment to the messiness of characters. Oh yeah. You know, if you watch uh, if you watch Secrets and Lies or Life Is Sweet, I mean, you'll see that he. He'll show war, uh, warts and all. He'll show these characters, but he still has tremendous affection for them. You know, there are plenty of directors who will show you, uh, like, oh, all the problems with uh, with these characters, and you get the you get the impression like I don't think this I don't think this director likes these people. <laughs> you know, and he f- you kind of feel like the director is sort of judging his characters. Uh, Mike Lee is not that. He loves them so much that he feels like he is obligated to be truthful. About who they are, yeah, and sometimes who they are is kind of unpleasant, kind of awkward, and uh, and Happy Go Lucky is kind of like that. Um, Just as you would stick with anyone that you love, yeah, I think he also sticks with his characters. Yeah, I mean, loving a character uh, doesn't mean putting on rose-colored glasses and mm-hmm. just treating them as as if they were completely without flaw. Um, that's actually one of my problems with uh, a film that everybody loves. Certainly, most Christians love called the Blind Side, which oh, uh, the Blind Side. Do do you like the Blind Side, Bobo? I, I, I liked it. 
<sighs> I didn't love it. I'm not going to go. Yeah. I'm not telling everyone to see it, but I liked it. I might actually uh, do an episode on it. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, with a friend of the show, Nathan Potter, who also doesn't like it for one reason or another. Mm. But um, but that's the thing. is, it, Blindside, it's, uh, it has some really good acting in it, but it's one of those things where the main character, like, if you think of, like, what what are her faults, you know, you can't think of any, because even it's just like, well, she's kind of sassy, yeah, but she uses that for good, so it's like a strength, um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, to, to love something is to, I really believe, to love something is to see it as it is, and purposefully accept it, mm-hmm. you know, and, sh- and forgive, and, and that sort of thing, so, I mean, it's kind of the basic principle of marriage, really, yeah, so, um, and it should be noted, ah, basic principle of Christianity. There you go. So Jesus I, loves us. Yeah, my guess the show's over. <laughs> so, <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for for being here, Bobo. <laughs> um, but uh, now, uh, when I asked you to be uh, on this episode to talk about this film, uh, you mentioned that you had actually already seen it. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, no offense, this is nothing against you, but it wasn't the biggest film uh, <laughs> in two thousand eight. Uh, and uh, that, of course, was the film Doubt. Um, that's a joke, of course. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that. So, uh, but it's everyone a, has. Oh, of course. Hey, it was like the Avatar of that year. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, you know, it surprised me that you had seen it already. Um, and uh, and so, real quick, before we before we get too far into uh, thematic analysis or whatever, uh, what do you think of this film? Do you enjoy it? Do you like it? Well, I mean, I I was drawn to it for a couple of reasons for. Um, first of all, Sally Hawkins was mm-hmm. deservedly nominated at the time for, uh, for a Golden Oscar. Globe, not for an Oscar. Or Golden Globe, yeah, right, right. Um, and also, I mean, the title itself, "Happy Go Lucky," about mm-hmm. a character who is happy go lucky, named Poppy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, this 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 will be fun. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, honestly, that is one of the reasons that I was kind of drawn to it, just yeah. to kind of see how this. Finally, a what film I, I can see. relate to is what you thought. <laughs> yeah, um, not not as much. Uh, uh, before that, it was Bloodsport, uh, <laughs> one of the movies I've seen. Exactly. Um, oh, that's a joke just for you and me. No, no listeners going Sorry, to appreciate listeners. that. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I I was interested in see how this character analysis is what I assumed it was going to be mm-hmm. uh, would turn out, and yeah. so yeah, I mean I. And I'm a, I'm a film student, so I, yeah. I keep track of some of these little gems that go here and there. Yeah, you got it all worked out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember, because I saw it kind of late in the year, um, so by the time I saw it, I had already heard a lot about the various characters. And I had heard uh, a lot of... Yeah, the character of Poppy is, to me, one of the most fascinating character uh, film characters of, I would venture to say, the last ten years. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. Because, basically, I mean, Bobo pretty much explained it. The The character is happy-go-lucky. She <laughs> is an optimist. She mm-hmm. looks for the positive in everything. Even her name, Poppy. Her name is Poppy. <laughs> you know, um, that should that should give you an indication. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and, uh, and she's played wonderfully by, by Sally Hawkins. Just, uh, yeah, that's a great, it's very real yeah. performance. Yeah. And that, yeah, that to me is what's fascinating, is so many, it's incredibly real. I mean, when Mm -hmm. you, honestly, when you hear everything about who Poppy is, if you just hear it, and you don't see, and you haven't seen the film yet, you're just like, oh, like a female Ned Flanders. (laughs) You know, a caricature of a person. That's what she sounds like. Exactly. And then you watch it, 
and through the miracle of, I would say, Mike Lee's direction, his mm-hmm. writing, but I would definitely say her performance, she managed to take, she manages to take a character that, for all intents and purposes, is a concept. Yeah. She is the embodiment of optimism. Right, right. That's all she is. <laughs> manages to take that, pull it down to earth, and all of a sudden she becomes a person you feel like you could know or meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, even the way the film starts out, mm-hmm. it kind of starts off on that note. You know, mm-hmm. she's riding around on a bike. Yeah. You know, waving and smiling, laughing at people, yeah. to peop- with people. And, and uh, first thing that happens is she gets her bike stolen. Yeah. And it, it's such a subtle moment, like, that she, uh, uh, the way she passes it off, you know, mm-hmm. anyone else would be like, oh, my gosh, my bike, where is it? I got to find, call the police. Yeah. You know, she just made a, f- a couple of jokes, you know, like, oh, no, I didn't even get to say goodbye. And Yeah. Well, <laughs> And and it's one of those things where I, going back to what I had heard about the film, there are some people online, and of course the internet is the bastion of negativity. <laughs> um, there are some people online who talked about how annoying they found her character. It was a, it was a, much like uh, much like Daniel Plainview, which some people mm. said was overplayed or overwritten or just kind of, you know, again he's kind of the, he's more of a concept on the page. He's more of a concept, which is ambition. Yeah, just blind ambition. Definitely. Um, and I, I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis did a great job, but it's characters like these, in how they're played and how they're written, uh, they can be very controversial. Some people love them, some people hate them, mm-hmm. and some people really hated Poppy. They found her annoying. In some cases, they f- they said she seemed. I apologize, everybody. Borderline retarded. <laughs> like they just just her her constant uh, optimistic attitude uh, just really rubbed people the wrong way and you know even for me at times they were like okay maybe she should dial it down a little bit yeah yeah but i but honestly i got that impression more from the character not the actress oh yeah 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 um and you kind of want and and honestly like uh i'm do you watch uh 30 rock uh i've seen a few episodes all right well there's um there so Liz Lemon played by Tina Fey she her char- her character comes from the Midwest and mm-hmm. so we are introduced to her family and her family is of course oh they're just the nicest sweetest people in the world not like these cynical New Yorkers <laughs> and they're just so nice and sweet and um and then of course by the end of the episode we learn that they actually have just as much cynicism and just as much bitterness and resentment as everybody else and and the and uh Alec Baldwin's character um crosses his arms and smiles knowing that that's right <laughs> you're no better than me you're no and i feel like that's kind of how people approach somebody like poppy hmm. or or ned flanders or liz lemon's parents or whatever where they just they look at her and they just think no one is this positive yeah nothing has happened to this woman clearly you know she 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 must be storing something up she hmm. must be Really forcing herself to be happy, but in inside she must be furious. Right, or they s- think she's putting up a front. Or exactly. Something. Yeah, and uh, and I, do you, would you say do you th- agree with that? I I don't. But would you say uh, that's kind of part of her character? Um, that perception. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I you do see it kind of in how people react to her in mm. the film too. You know, she'll make a joke. She's you know I kind of would compare her to a puppy. Okay. Um, incidentally, puppy poppy. But, <laughs> there you go. Um, so you just earned your way onto this episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, paying my dues. <laughs> um, so you know, she's just instantly drawn to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, not again, not every 
puppy is like this, but yeah. uh, most dogs, they just are drawn to the, a complete stranger. They just want to go up and, mm-hmm. and be friendly. And that's how I feel like she is. She mm-hmm. wants to connect to people. Yeah. Um, stranger or not, you know, and yeah. a lot of people, um, I think they picked a, a great place uh, in London mm-hmm. in that people are kind of isolated. They have their own yeah. thing going on. Yeah. And they're not necessarily the quickest to connect with strangers. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's not only that the film takes place in a city, but yeah. it's also a city that I'm not saying I've never been to London. I've never be- met people from London. And I'm not trying to be insulting when I say what I'm about to say. Um, I've said that a lot this episode, but anyway, um, <laughs> I bring it out of you. There, there have been, absolutely um, there have been there have been movies made, and there have been people talking about what it is to be English and what mm. it is to to live in London, where people are a little isolated at the very least emotionally you know mm-hmm. you just people are so concerned with being it's one of the big themes of the film uh, a fish called wanda which is a movie i love and john cleese just talks about how everyone is so concerned with being polite and not showing any emotions that there's a stoicism there and so when they see somebody who just is unabashedly happy but more specifically that she just doesn't she doesn't try to hide it yeah. she doesn't try to fit into the mold of um of society which yeah. says look even if you're happy don't show anybody else that you're happy because <laughs> you'll make them feel bad that they're not you know um and so i i think yeah it's 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 a film that that absolutely has to take place in a city mm-hmm. but even more so a city like that totally um where there's a certain expectation yeah for people um but in regards to the idea that that you said uh, there are moments where you kind of want her to, want the character to kind of tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm right there with you. There mm-hmm. are moments when you're just like, "Geez, doesn't she ever turn this off?" Yeah. And people address her about that. You yeah. Know? They they ask her uh, a similar question, and she and her answers show that she's not just naive. Mm-hmm. She's she's not like this inexperienced person, you know, basically just a grown up child. She's not that. Right. She basically just says, yeah, well, we all go through, you know, this kind of crap in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just got to keep going on, don't you? you yeah. Know? Um, and that's it's a it's probably the key line of, the, you know, the trailer, for example. Um, and that seems to be the central theme of the film. Yeah. Um, and what's what to me is is. The key relationship, she, you know, she has uh, a sister, she has friends, she meets a guy, and they mm-hmm. become romantically involved. She's a teacher of young children, um, and so she has a lot of relationships. But I'd say the key relationship in the film is with a guy named uh, Scott, mm-hmm. uh, who is her driving instructor. I played a guy named Scott in Teen Raptor. Again. Imagine that. Again, you've <laughs> proven, uh, I, I know I, you've shown that I've, I've made the right decision having you on. <laughs> God coordinated that. <sighs> yeah, you sure did. Okay, now moving on. Scott, um, played by Eddie Marson. Mm-hmm. That's what, what we've decided to call him. <laughs> we settled on that. Um, Scott is her, her driving instructor. She's learning to drive, again, a little late in life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe also a sign of, you know, maybe she needs to grow up or yeah. she's taking that step. Right, right. And and the fact that she, that she's, you know, it, even then, like, it's fascinating to me. People who... I've already said that she kind of is on the outside. She's sort of yeah. She she refuses to uh, conform. Conform. She's yeah. kind of a nonconformist. And there is a certain stigma to the word nonconformist, which is they see the flaws in society 
and they're like, I, I don't want any part of it, man. Right. You know, I'm going <laughs> to ride my bike everywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sorry if I sound a little too 1960s hippie-ish, but um, it's like, I'm just going to ride my bike everywhere. I'm not going to pollute the earth. It just, the, even like a nonconformist, there is a certain degree of superiority there. There's a certain degree of judgment there. And I'm somebody who I, go, go back and listen to my Avatar episode. There's, yeah, <laughs> I, I fall into that trap too. Yeah. But, um, so, uh. But even in the way that she's a nonconformist, she's still very positive. Mm-hmm. Like her, you know, her deciding she wants to learn how to drive a car, you know, you get no hint of, well, she she would prefer to ride a bike, but her bike would, you know, but she doesn't, she doesn't say, well, I, my bike was stolen, so I guess now I got to be like everybody else. Yeah. It's nothing like that. It's just, oh, well, here's something I don't know, and I guess I should probably know it at some point. Here we go. Sure. And, uh, and so just everything about her attitude is just so unlike people we know and certainly characters that we see in film. Mm-hmm. Scott, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is the embodiment of everything that we know. And he's the embodiment of cynicism yes. and negativity. Mm-hmm. And I would, say, I would say he would describe himself as being uh, like street smart or, wi- or world-weary or wor- you know, wise yeah. about the world. He, he, gets, knows, he knows what's up. Yeah. He yeah. gets how it works. Yeah. And uh and he's also a fascinating character, oh, wonderfully yeah. played. Oh um, he's, he's outstanding. Yeah. And it's just uh you know, and it's a shame that Eddie Marson is not he's a character actor, he's been around for a long time. It's a shame that he's not really allowed to have characters like this very often. Like yeah. he was the kind of bumbling inspector Lestrade in Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. And he's been in he's played characters like that. And then you see him in this and you can see just how strong an actor he is. Oh yeah. Um terrifying. <laughs> often terrifying and yet so very pitiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure uh, I've known people in my life that are as angry as he is. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you have too. Yeah. I'm sure everybody has met somebody who is just I'm sure they see themselves as having their eyes wide open. They get how everything works and it and it infuriates them. It makes them so angry that I would venture to say that the kind of rage they have is an impotent rage. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of rage where it's it's rage mixed with cynicism where you're furious about life but you also feel like nothing can be done about it, l- certainly not by you. So you're angry but it doesn't even really lead to doing anything. Yeah. You know, like there is such a thing as a righteous anger, which leads yeah. you to try to change a circumstance or whatever. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't have that. Not so much. Because he is just this perfect storm of negativity. Yeah. Where he's not merely angry and he's not merely cynis- uh, cynical. He's, he's this combination that causes him to just be furious all the time. Yeah. And of course, when these two characters meet, it's <laughs> just, it, it, it creates a great deal of comedy oh yeah you know but you also know that this isn't this can't keep going Mm -hmm. one of them has to kind of break yeah and as because he just sees her attitude about things and he just sees that she's not taking life seriously Mm -hmm. she doesn't get it she just you know but the brilliance of mike lee is that while at the same time judging her as being dumb or being naive he is also drawn to her Mm mm-hmm um, I would, would now. Would you venture to say uh, spoilers? By the way, sorry everybody. <laughs> Should have said that at the top. You anyway. can just assume that about Tyler's yeah. podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Uh, well, I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, okay. I know. Um, now, would you say that his attraction to her is romantic? 
yeah, you know, I think that's that's part of it. I think he probably isn't used to getting um, c- the kind of attention that she gives people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that probably leads him to be like, okay, well, there's something about her mm-hmm. that I, I'm just drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I want to latch onto that. I want to find out what that is and because yeah. it's bringing out probably a part of me mm-hmm. um, that, I'm, that I like. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think that's the main attraction, and he probably – uh, mistakes that for a romantic yeah thing. So I mean, on, on paper it might be romantic, but yeah. really it's just being drawn out yeah. in a different way. And I'd say that's that's pretty much what I think is that uh, it, it seems romantic to him because that's how people. That, those are kind of the terms that people think in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, including you, including me. You just anytime you're drawn to somebody, there's just something in them that you just want to be around. Yeah. Um. You just kind of mistake. It's like, well, clear. Oh, well, I'm attracted to something in them, so I must be attracted to them. That yeah. must be that must be what this is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think he sees that she's much more alive than a lot of people he knows, and probably more than he himself is. And yeah. so I think he just wants he wants to be a part of that energy. You, yeah. You know, when I when I was in London um, mm-hmm. last year, for um, we were on a church planning prayer tour mm-hmm. with my church reality la and um uh part one of the things i noticed was that there was this uh um now i don't want to generalize of course but mm-hmm. there was a a sort of spiritual dryness mm-hmm. there i would characterize characterize it as um and i think that bleeds into people's um personalities mm-hmm. as well um in the way that my uh fervor my zeal mm-hmm. um uh, anyway attempted <laughs> yeah um love for christ brings out joy in me um i feel like the same way that their lack of that mm-hmm. um or just truth in general uh, as we know it as christians yeah um that that bleeds through and kind of leads them to this uh i don't know how to describe it just being in a sense dry mm-hmm. uh, and what is interesting is that they have those uh, Poppy takes those flamenco dance mm-hmm. lessons, and um, the instructor, this this fiery Spanish woman, mm-hmm. uh, she keeps talking about you need passion. Yeah, you know where is the passion? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so that's so true of of uh, the people in this film, other than you know Poppy. Like, and yeah. the thing is that Poppy kind of embodies this this passion for life, mm-hmm. and. And so the people that she knows, not that they don't have it themselves necessarily, but they can kind of feed off of her passion, mm-hmm. her roommates and the the guy that she ends up meeting, um, including Scott. Yeah. Um, I think he sees that there is this sort of passion that's that's not this dark, negative yeah. um, passion that, that he can, you know, start to get a grasp of. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, and I think, uh, not not to imply, by the way, that we're saying that Poppy is a Christian or anything like oh, that. Yeah. But, um, but as Christians, we can learn something from her, and this is where we'll start to get into kind of some of the thematic things that we're going to discuss. Um, and I'll I'll start by saying this. So today I was uh, working out with a friend of the show, uh, Sean Richardson, who is yeah, a I personal can see trainer. That. What was that? I can see that. What do you mean? That you're working out. Oh, thank you very much. Is it my big arms? Oh, it's just a little sweaty. (laughs) 
Well, I turned off the air conditioner. Oh yeah. Um, I took a shower before I, before we started recording. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you. Um, but uh, and uh, after the after the uh, workout, um, he and I were talking about some stuff, and I, I found myself kind of complaining. I, what I was complaining about, I won't say, but um, but I, I found myself and I, and I asked a question to him, and I said. It se- I said, you know, sometimes it seems like I have more issues with things than other people. Hmm. And uh, he goes, he's like, no, I don't think so. And he, he expressed a concern. And it, at no point, I did not feel judged when he said what his concern was. Uh, and I didn't feel like he was copying an attitude or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a genuine concern. He goes, no, you don't. He goes, my concern, though, is that you have Jesus. Hmm. And that Jesus, you know, he goes, and Jesus loves you. Yeah. And uh, now, and we 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 didn't go into it much further because the the next person that was going to be working out, uh, which was actually my wife Jen, she had she had just shown up in that moment, and so we didn't really get to explore the idea further. Hmm. But it seemed very appropriate that we were go- that we were talking that he mentioned that today mm-hmm. when we were going to be recording this episode. Yeah. Um, because. You know, I, I mentioned uh, dur- at the beginning of this discussion kind of the things that I've been going through and and that I've been just really kind of negative lately and kind of depressed. And uh, and I have noticed that a lot of me being angry at another driver or <laughs> people saying that's things. That's easy in L.A., but. That's very simple. <laughs> that's very easy. Yeah. Um, but sometimes Especially when I, you have people like us driving around. Ex- or me. Right. Asians, exactly. I mean. There's no need to be, you know, all self-defeating. I think, <laughs> honestly, I think that maybe people crash into each other just to just so they can feel something. Hmm. Where did I hear that? It sounds like a movie. Hmm. Like a Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. I think that's, that's what, what it is. From, yeah. um, <laughs> one of my favorite games to play where you get everything wrong. Um, so that's from ca- uh, Crash, by the way, and not the Cronenberg uh, crash in which people get sexually uh, aroused by a car accident. That's a different movie. Different film. I, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to say I, I wouldn't I. recommend it for a Christian show. I agree. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, so I found myself just taking issue with other drivers where I previously wouldn't. You know, it used to be that when I would get cut off, I'd be like, I'd get angry at first, of course, mm-hmm. as everybody would. Um, kind of a knee-jerk reaction. But then you, then I think, like, you know what? I've probably cut off people in the past and not realized it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to assume that this person did it just to be mean. Right. And because they're like, well, I could cut this person off, and uh, being the most important person I know, I think I will. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't assume... I, I didn't used to assume that. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, I would get angry. I'd try to find a certain perspective... And recognize, you know what, there are bigger, there are more important things in this life, and I and my anger would pretty much go away. Mm-hmm. And you know, people saying stuff on the internet, you know, issues in the world, stuff that my friends say, Christian or non, you know, just before you know it, I was just, I was very, I, I reminded myself a lot of Scott, hmm. who's just angry at everything. He yeah. has an opinion about everything, and having an opinion isn't wrong, but just he has a negative opinion about everything. Yeah. In everything that you can see the good and bad in pretty much everything, because I don't think anything is 100% bad. Well, I mean, I guess some things like murder. Um, But, like, 
as far as issues that you encounter in the day, mm-hmm. uh, chances are there's good and bad, or at the very least, there's a different perspective that you can take. And he always took the ne- he always takes the negative perspective. And yeah. I feel like for the last couple of months, that's what I've been doing. Hmm. And and in in Sean saying something as simple as you have Jesus, yeah, and Jesus loves you, it really got me rethinking some things, stuff that I already knew, yeah. But you really come to realize, like, yeah, that that can be enough, mm-hmm. at the very least, to keep you a little bit above water. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it, it's not it's not a cure all. It's not going to keep you from getting angry all the time. It's mm-hmm. not going to keep you from getting depressed. It's not going to heal you of any diseases. Right. Or it's not going to you know if you if you got you know if you're in the middle of a divorce or you've just lost a loved one or you just lost your job you know all these uh, a lot of negative things that we were talking about with jason last uh last episode um a, a, a an acknowledgement of jesus sacrifice for you and his love for you it's not going to fix all that no but it will as i mentioned put things into the proper perspective mm-hmm. i like that uh that phrase um faith doesn't make things uh, easy mm-hmm. is it? It makes things possible, right? Yeah, is that, is that how? It goes? I think that's. I think that's the one. Yes. Yeah. Um. I believe there's a there's a thing in our friends in a friend of ours. Bathroom, that's exactly a, what I'm yeah. seeing in my mind yeah, right now. in our friend's bathroom <laughs> that says, uh, "Faith doesn't make things easy; it makes them possible." You know, and life is not easy. No. Um. Life is possible. Now well, you can't really apply <laughs> yeah. it completely to to life itself, but um, you know, and and so it's not a cure all, but if you if you try to keep it in mind, it can help you to not necessarily be happy like Poppy all the time, yeah. but it can it can help you to not be so furious all the time. Yeah, because Scott to me is a miserable person. Yes, you know, unfortunately, and I, yeah. And I've known a lot of people in Los Angeles and elsewhere, but in Los Angeles, you you run across a lot of people who are so furious about the state of the country and you know the state of our state or the state of you know show business or yeah. whatever and you know and from time to time i am definitely one of them and it's 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 at least good to see things for what they are yeah but they just they have so many issues that after a while you're just like are you happy about anything like does yeah. anything make you happy or do you only ever see what's wrong mm-hmm. and that to me because i i am of the opinion especially if you look at if you look at poppy versus scott mm-hmm. in this um showdown of the century Absolutely. Um, <laughs> UFC 107 or whatever. There is a there's a moment in the film, as I mentioned, she's a teacher. There's a moment in the film, and you've seen it more recently than I have, mm-hmm. where one of her students, there's something wrong. Yeah. And I don't quite recall what is the circumstance. Um, that, that we see at first? Uh, yeah, and then what, what is eventually so revealed. So she sees uh, one, one student bullying another. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs up to him stops it he's doing it again later in class mm-hmm. and so she sits down with him you know starts to ask him questions uh they bring eventually bring in a social worker mm-hmm. which she ends up dating yeah. um and they find out that uh that he has his mother has a boyfriend who hits him mm-hmm. and so we find that you know that's probably right um what's causing him to be so angry himself and taking it out on others in class mm-hmm and so I was th- I was thinking about what about Poppy's reaction to the situation versus what Scott's reaction would have been. Yeah. Her reaction because I do feel like 
Now, of course, if you're if you're so happy that you put your blinders on and, and nothing is wrong, well, then you're not doing anybody any good. But that's not what she's doing. No. She has perspective. Yeah. And she sees the good and bad, and she chooses to focus on the good. But, and in, and in focusing on the good, she has a certain degree of optimism in believing that she can make a difference. Mm-hmm. She can make a difference in these students' lives, and then when she sees this situation... She realizes, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna try and get to the bottom of this and make things better. Yeah. Because I understand that this kid bullying, there's got to be something underneath it. Yeah. And and then she makes a huge difference in this kid's life. Mm-hmm. Now, if Scott were in that situation, first off, I don't think he'd be that great of a teacher. <laughs> and although it should be noted, he is a teacher of adults. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, and and I guess younger younger people as well because yeah. he's a driving instructor. But, um, but he. I find myself wondering if he was in a position where he saw one student bullying another, I feel like he would merely try to stop it and probably punish the bully yeah. and not really want and just not really f- get down to the yeah. the nitty gritty of right. what, what's going on because he would only see the negative of that situation mm-hmm. and he would f- fix it in so far as like all right well now they're apart I don't care what this you know I don't care what this kid's going through mm-hmm. you know he shouldn't be doing that and that's what's important yeah you know and, and that's the thing about poppy is that early on we see that um part of what drives her to to be so uh gregarious is mm-hmm. um her empathy mm-hmm. um they have a discussion about kids and playing video games all the time and how mm-hmm. you know their mothers are um are so busy that they can't take the time to to uh to spend time with them mm-hmm. um and poppy says you know but I, I can understand that because they have so many other things going on right now that's of course She's not necessarily justifying that, but she right. is identifying and saying, you know, if I put myself in those shoes, in their right. shoes, um, I can I can start to see what's happening. And I think that's why she's so effective um, yeah. as a teacher and, and as a human being is that yeah. she really tries to see the other side. Yeah. Um, and so uh, because we're, we're starting to go a little bit long, I want to go ahead and, and transition into uh, – the, the companion film, and, and we're not going to be saying anything remarkably different about this film, but mm-hmm. um, uh, it's the 1950 film Harvey, directed by Henry Coster, whose grandson I worked with at Blockbuster. Oh. Yeah, it was oh, very strange. Um, but uh, <laughs> Harvey, Harvey, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. That's the song I think of when I mm. did that title. You know that's Weird yes, Al? Yes, by Weird Al. Yes, yeah, okay, on, good. On Alapalooza, yes. I Great. Know. Wow. Um, but uh, I feel so comfortable now. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> but the uh, so basically, Harvey is based on a play that I actually was in uh, in high school, and I remember just loving that play mm. um, and uh, liking the movie. I don't love the movie, yeah. but it is it is uh, a pleasant movie. It's fun. If you're a, if you're a fan of Jimmy Stewart, it's one of his better roles, and I can't think yeah. of anybody better for a role like no, that. No, yeah. Um, and basically, it's about a guy named El- Elwood P. Dowd, who. Sees a giant who basically sees a giant rabbit named Harvey, and uh, it's a puka. I know that, <laughs> and um, and so you find that out. Yeah. So basically, uh, Elwood just basically spends his time hanging out with Harvey and going out like buying people a drink. Being f- and he has a lot of friends that are like strangers, and uh, and basically uh, the world. And he's just a very pleasant fellow, much like Poppy is a very pleasant woman. Yeah. Um, and his wife, uh, Vita Louise, uh, played by Josephine Hull in a performance that would win her uh, a supporting actress Oscar, 
Um, was that his wife? I thought it was his sister. Did I say wife? Yeah. I'm sorry, sister. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Some I'm kind sorry. of relationship it's his, it's his sister. Yeah. Um, it's a, in He's the play. Seeing it's all much sorts more, of things. Yeah, in the play, it's much more sorted. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but uh, I'm sorry. His sister, uh, Vita Louise, um, she, because again, she's this very proper woman who has an understanding of, of the way society should be. Mm-hmm. And so she certainly understands that, well, men shouldn't be seeing giant rabbits <laughs> named Harvey. Um, and so she, she and several others try to get him committed. They try to get like electric shock therapy yeah. so that he can be zapped into quote unquote, the real world. Right. Um, and of course there's, there's some, you know, there's, uh, some interesting story developments where you think, where you start to feel like, oh, maybe Harvey's real mm-hmm. because another character sees him and it's, you yeah. know, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting variation on, on the, the, the story. But uh, but the the primary thing that we're talking about here is people's reaction to Elwood, mm-hmm. much like people's reaction to Poppy, where they just keep trying. Now, of course, Elwood is possibly crazy, right? So there's that. But the but frankly, he's not crazy in any kind of destructive sense. No, not he's at all. the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Very pleasant. Can make everybody feel like they're the most important person in the world. Oh, yeah, and in that way, he's very much like Poppy. Yeah, and. And so uh, he kind of has that puppy dog thing too, where like oh yeah. right away he just instantly connects. He'll give his card to random strangers yeah. and invite them to dinner the next day. Like yeah, even that to me is like whoa, a little, yeah, that's a little too much. He he reminds me of uh, of like you know my my grandpa uh, who I remember every time he and my grandma would be like watching my brother and I because my parents were out of town or something. Um, you know there was one day when we had a plumber come over. To fix something, my grandpa engaged uh, him in a conversation, yeah, and basically talked for uh, talked with him for a long amount of time, and they just you know traded stories because my grandpa used to be a plumber. He just he got <laughs> to know everybody. It was very strange. Yeah. And I remember being like, "This is just a, it's he's just a stranger. He just came <laughs> into our house to fix a pipe. I'm sure he's got other things to do." Yeah, but um, but the guy was uh, he was excited. This person that my grandpa saw him as a human being, just mm-hmm. as I'm sure. You know, like I said, with with Elwood and with Poppy, they just make you feel so important and yeah. so special right. and so loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, over the over the course of uh, Harvey, um, the various people just they come to realize. Spoilers for Harvey <laughs> came out uh, sixty years ago. <laughs> it's uh, they come to realize that you know what? I don't think I even want. I don't want him to be fixed. Because mm-hmm. there's enough crappy people in the world already. There's enough people who are cynical and pessimistic who would who would never want to talk to a stranger ever, much less engage them and invite them to dinner right. and buy them a drink. You know, there's enough people like that already. Mm-hmm. And he's actually going around, and because of his optimism and because of his insanity, uh, he's making the world a better place than I am. Yeah, and so they eventually decide that they that they don't want to try and help him anymore mm-hmm. because in in helping him they're actually hurting him and probably hurting the the rest of the world as well. Right. Um. And so I feel like that's uh. It's just, you know, I think a, a fairly good companion film to to uh, Happy Go Lucky. But uh, now what did, I, I've been talking this whole time. What did you think of of Harvey? Did you have anything to to add? Uh, like you, I didn't I didn't love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I don't know. I just can't get over the idea of a guy, you know, hanging around with a six, eight bunny or whatever yeah. <laughs> that, and um, 
but you know, I, I do see the value in it. I do enjoy J- Jimmy Stewart's performance and mm-hmm. whatever her face was that was also surprised at everything. Oh yes, Josephine Hall. Yeah, yeah. Josephine Hall. Um, I feel like when she won that Oscar, she was probably very surprised, <laughs> <laughs> even though she was nominated. I didn't realize I was even nominated. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but no, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I I do see a lot of the parallels, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it does remind me of some of the verses we should probably watch out, bust out <laughs> by this point. Um, Lobo's got some Bible verses, everybody. Look out! Here I come, uh, and a lot of them come from Proverbs. Um, Fifteen thirteen. A happy heart makes a face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Uh, Fifteen fifteen. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Uh, chapter fifteen, verse thirty. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Uh, Seventeen twenty two says, "A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones." Um, and then I'll read one from like Ecclesiastes. Um, let's see here. It says, okay, uh, moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. That's Ecclesiastes 5.19. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good good while they live. Uh, That's chapter 3, verse 12 of Ecclesiastes. Uh, When times are good, be happy, but when times are bad, consider God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, a man cannot discover anything about his future. Ecclesiastes 7.14. And there's, you know, I can go on. I just basically mm-hmm. uh, search the keyword happy and cheerful and joy. Yeah. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's really interesting because the Bible never says, you know, be happy so much that you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it says, you know, in times of, of joy, rejoice. Mm-hmm. And in times of mourning, mourn yeah you know it's it's very realistic but at the same time um it gives us a a hope Mm -hmm. in um especially in the new testament um with christ yeah and that is the fact that we have christ as believers Mm -hmm. in us and so all our hope is is in him when that we will know that he will return Mm -hmm. and um we know that all our sins are paid for and are and we're forgiven, and so um, it's really interesting about Scott in Happy Go Lucky. Um, Poppy says, "Well, who are you then? Are you the Pope?" Um, and he says, "Well, uh, I'm just like that, or something." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you you don't know how much he's joking, but you yeah. know, so you kind of get the idea that he's a religious man. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with that is that um, religion as as you and I have come to discover, can mean a very legalistic mm-hmm. perspective. It's more about the doing, the law, yeah, um, and, or the not doing, rather than the spirit of the law, which mm-hmm. we understand is grace, yeah, um, and which is everything that Jesus was about. And so, when we have, when we apply grace to ourselves, um, we know that we we have this perspective of Scott that everything kind of is crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is a broken world. We are broken people. We fail. We're not perfect. But then you have to apply the second part and the most important part mm-hmm. of of uh, Christianity is that Jesus uh, died for our sins and gave us grace. Mm-hmm. And so with that light, with those eyes, we can start to see that, you know, God gives us grace in all these things. And for that, 
we have reason to to rejoice. We have reason to be joyful and cheerful. And um, you know, it's no accident that so many times in the New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul writing to any number of people will say, "Okay, well, if you're going to be doing something, do it joyfully, mm-hmm. um, as if you're doing it for the Lord and not for man." And so I think that's something that we have to often mm-hmm. um multiple times throughout the day remind ourselves yeah. of is that you know we're this earth is temporary and while uh God and and heaven are eternal and so we're doing things for the kingdom of God which is eternal not for the temporary mm-hmm. and so when we look at it from that um eternal perspective then we can remind ourselves and and give us give ourselves reason for joy, mm-hmm. and um, I think that uh, now we can't really say that um, Elwood P. Dowd is a Christian. Right. Um, we don't know, but I think that the idea that he has this otherworldly friend, mm-hmm. um, he that for him is kind of this source of joy, mm-hmm. as we would compare God to us. Not that God is imaginary to us, right? Um, and so the real interesting thing is that, you know, um, there's that one scene when they're in the back alleyway after they, you know, uh, Elwood ran away and they find him. And there's that beautiful monologue he has of mm-hmm. just explaining um, how he sees people, how people see him mm-hmm. and how he met Harvey. And uh, one of the things that they talk about that he mentions is that um, – People come and sit next to me at the bar, and we have a drink, and they meet Harvey. And at first, they're a little, um, they're intimidated by him. I don't know exactly the words he uses, but, um, and but he says by the end of it, they see that there's something a lot bigger in Harvey than there ever would be in themselves, mm-hmm. and they walk away changed because of that. Yeah, and um, I thought that was very poignant and and especially relatable to us as Christians in that God is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And when we hold on to something that big, all the little things in this life start to disappear or, or just become seen by that bigger light. Right. And so when people meet us and uh, have a conversation, talk to us, etc., then they see that, you know, there's, there's something more to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, now I kind of went off on it. No, that's fine. It's and that's I, I think that's an, it's an important thing to realize that if you f- again, it's not a cure all. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be without depression, without sadness, without anger. You're not going to be without these. Quite things. the contrary, actually, because the Bible promises yeah. that we will. And so, but in focusing on, you know, Christ's sacrifice and His love, and and to paraphrase you, find something you know to look at something bigger than yourself which is god and and his and his will and his love um then things do really fall into into place as far as to to bring back you know the idea of perspective mm-hmm. and i feel like uh now i don't remember where it is located but the jesus parable of the 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 guy who was forgiven a great deal of money oh yeah and basically a guy owed somebody a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. and uh and the guy himself was owed a little bit of money from somebody else. The guy was forgiven the great debt of money, mm-hmm. uh, the great debt, but still insisted on getting the small debt. Yeah. And 
and the idea basically is is grace that we were shown an incredible amount of grace. Yeah. And yet we still insist on on other people's perfection even though we were not required to be perfect. Right. For to earn our forgiveness and yet we still expect people to earn our you know uh to earn forgiveness from us, mm-hmm. you know. And so you know, if you focus on on what has been done for you, uh then Again, it is a process. It's a daily thing of focusing on on that for sure. Then, but if you do, then all of a sudden, when you know, when someone cuts you off, or if your you know, if your wife says, uh, you know, says something that is, I don't know, like if your wife or husband says something that's inconsiderate, and you realize, rather than jumping on them, you realize, yeah, they probably didn't mean it like that. You yeah. Know? All of benefit a benefit of the doubt, right? All of a sudden, you're looking for reasons hmm. to. See the best in people mm-hmm. because God saw the saw sees the best and worst in you. Yeah. But rather than focus on the worst and and just be like, nothing good can come from this. So you know what? Screw them. Rather than do that, he chose to focus on the best and to fill in the fill in the gaps, you know, with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when you focus on those things, then yeah, like everything kind of falls into place and, mm-hmm. and everything you come to realize what, what your priorities are. And you and you certainly come to realize that, all right, when I get angry, should I be getting angry about this? Sometimes the answer will be yes. Mm-hmm. But you will, f- you will often be surprised how often the answer is no. Right. And sometimes, like myself, right, you know, these days, you kind of forget that. You, you get, you know, you get hung up on one thing or another. And, and sometimes you... You know, you can turn to your pastor or your friends or a counselor hmm. to kind of work through how you've gotten to that place. But, you know, a, a good start is focusing on what was done for you. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, I think this is a I think this is probably a good stopping point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we we delved into uh, Christianity a lot here. The very ba- sure the basics of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, if you are not a Christian, uh, I, I won't necessarily apologize because this is a Christian show. But uh, <laughs> if you would be interested in hearing more about this sort of thing, feel free to email me, Tyler at more than one lesson dot com. Uh, and of sure. course, uh, you, you could also email me if you want, you know, if okay, well, what's, something what's about <laughs> what I said or my films, you know, that, that is one thing about my films that okay. I tried to do at film school was that, okay, so I did this movie called George Sean Bailey, Teen Raptor. And then the last film, uh, my thesis was called the last Yanez, uh, which is about a man who discovers he's half Yanez, which is an alien race. Oh, okay. And he has a day to decide whether he's going to go in space or stay, um, on earth with, uh, his half brother. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the kind of thing was that everyone in film school was making these films about abortion and suicide, <laughs> drugs. Wait, did, okay, um, went to Biola though for film school, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that, so they think that they're being edgy, or oh, I don't okay. Know. I, I mean, see. I'm not going to just assume everyone's like that, but you see a lot of those, and um, uh, I kind of wanted to make my films be more of a light, mm-hmm. you know, just have them they're they're out there they're different mm-hmm. <laughs> they're a little crazy and but also at the same time i like to present um we can go on about christian films but like mm-hmm. you know i i'd like to at least incorporate my world views somehow mm-hmm. into my films and that is that i have hope and there's, yeah. there's a light to these things you know mm-hmm. um not to dismiss reality uh, yeah. although i kind of do with a raptor and yeah, you know, and, uh, and aliens and what Yanyez or Yan Yai? Is it Yan Yan Yes? Yan Yes. Okay. 
yeah. So <laughs> let's not mangle my nonsense word, please. <laughs> it's it's not it's not out yet, so uh, you're you're justified. But oh, okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that that is one thing I wanted to kind of present this this light, this hope, some you know something mm-hmm. that stands out amongst the world. Yeah. And so that's and that's what I'd like to continue to do as I go on in my acting career and um, choosing roles, and also when I uh, continue to make films in the future. All right. Um, so, uh, somebody, so how can somebody f- see all of your films? We are, we, they already know where to find Teen Raptor. They know where to find Teen Raptor. They can find a lot of my other films or links to them at youtube.com slash Bobo Filmmaker. Bobo Filmmaker. That's great. Two M's, of course. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Filmmaker. Yes, you're a maker of films. You're not, you don't make Phil. <laughs> you sure <films>. don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, uh, and I will uh, repeat uh, the, the usual thing. You can find... Uh, various blogs and uh, various resources, film and uh, film, Christian and otherwise, uh, at morethanonelesson dot com. Uh, you can find the you know various uh, references to the films that we've talked about here on the episode reference page, which will I will have to remember to now that I mentioned it. I got to remember to put it up before I put up this episode. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, you can go to the forum. Uh, it's been a while. There's not a lot of people on the forum, so it's been a while since anybody has uh, said anything, including myself. Uh, but so go uh, and and start something up again. Yeah, get in there, start up a conversation uh, with a stranger. You know, absolutely. You can hey, have a fun conversation. If we, learn, if we learn nothing from Poppy and Elwood, yeah, um, which is a they sound like, like they should be sitcom. married. Yeah, Poppy, yeah, the Adventures of Poppy and Elwood. <laughs> um, but the married uh, adventures. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> Um, let's, you know, let's be respectful. Let's here. keep it within the covenant. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, you can do that. And then as I mentioned, uh, probably, uh, hopefully, uh, probably not by the time this is up, but probably within the week, uh, I will be putting up uh, a video page on the website so you can see, uh, at least the first part of Teen Raptor and various other, uh, things made by, uh, uh, my, my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself don't really have anything up on YouTube. Uh, so uh, but that'll be probably within a week of this, uh, so come back and, and check often. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, Bobo, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was All right. a blast. A lot of fun. Lot and, of fun. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. I'll get you next time. Bye. That I don't I don't even bother listening to when I'm Yeah, just talk conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really bother listening to those when I'm driving. I just is in the quiet of my home. This is probably the volume I'll, I'll speak at. Okay. Maybe once in a while I'll go louder. I might laugh here and there. Laugh. I don't wanna <laughs> Oh crap, <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> See I, I don't like laughing so much. I'm gonna laugh off mic. No, because if I make a joke I want people <laughs> no. to register that I'm well, not they just can l- they can laugh themselves. <laughs> All right. Check, check. Hello, hello. Check, check. Check, check hello. Gosh. Okay, I laughed too stop much. Stop laughing. All right. Check, check. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> you accepted laugh, off, laugh off mic during the sound check. Check, check. Hello, hello. Check, I'm check. I'm not anymore. No, you can't talk while I'm talking. <laughs> what do you want from me? Silence <laughs> okay. right now because I'm the one.
Check, check. Hello, hello. Check, check.